Today is Tuesday, January 4th. The title for our devotional is simply The Trinity. Today we're continuing our exploration of the communal nature of God in the Trinity. It's often pointed out by skeptics to the faith that the word Trinity never occurs in the Bible, and it was a later addition to Christian theology. It is certainly true that the word Trinity never occurs in Scripture, but to say that the Bible does not teach the concept is certainly not true. The Trinity can be seen throughout the Scripture. So, let's look at a brief overview today. Whereas the New Testament, in the person of Jesus, the fuller picture of the Trinity is revealed, we see glimpses of it in the Old Testament, even in the first page. Genesis 1-2 says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Of course, at this point, the, the concept of the Spirit of God was not nearly as developed as it was when we come to Acts, and the Holy Spirit is poured out on the people of God. The word spirit can refer to the breath or the wind of God or the presence of God through his spirit. Most modern translators take it as the latter, a reference to the spirit of God, which will be worked out much more fully in the progressive revelation of scripture into the theology of the Trinity, which that idea of progressive revelation is something that we see throughout the scripture where an idea starts off small and as revelation increases throughout time and God gives uh, more words to his people, then we begin to understand the concept much more fully. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make humankind, or mankind in our image, in our likeness. The plural here has sparked many questions. The other five days of creation don't include a reference to other beings involved in creation. God doesn't uh, ask them or look for their advice on anything or reference them at all. So this could be a reference to what's known as the divine council or some other spiritual beings. Or it's a reference to the Trinity that will be worked out again much more fully in the revelation to come. Christian tradition has most often uh, decided it to be the latter. There are other hints of the God-man in the Old Testament, but they are not fully worked out again. But yet they are there nonetheless. In Genesis 32, Jacob wrestles with a character described as a man in verse 24, but later in verse 28 it is revealed to be God. In Exodus 3, It describes the angel of the Lord in verse 2, appearing to Moses in the burning bush. In verse 4, it says, The Lord, that is, all caps, Yahweh, saw him and God called to him from the bush. The fourth person in the fiery furnace of Babylon, who is like the Son of God in Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, points to the divine Son as well. The prophets take this understanding much further as they prophesy of God visiting his people. Isaiah prophesies that the coming Messiah will be called the Mighty One, uh, or Mighty God, in Isaiah 9.6. Daniel sees a vision of the Ancient of Days, which John will apply the same imagery to Jesus in Revelation. See Daniel 7.9 and Revelation 1.14. He later sees one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven, approaching the Ancient of Days. Jesus, in his earthly ministry, declares himself to be God as well. This is most notably seen in his statement of being the I Am in John 8.58 they tried to stone him for. It is also the reason he was turned over to Pilate to be crucified. He was making himself out to be the son of God. He accepts worship from Thomas after his resurrection in John 20, 28. Jesus commands his followers to baptize in the name, that is the singular name, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Matthew 28. The apostles established the theology of the Trinity unequivocally in their writings. John 1.1 is the most succinct statement of the divine nature of Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He goes on a few verses later in verse 14, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. 
We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So this word, or Jesus, is distinct from God in person, but equal to God in his divine nature. Paul also succinctly states the nature of Jesus in Philippians 2, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, referring to the humility involved in the Incarnation. In Galatians, we get a glimpse of the Trinitarian function in salvation. Galatians 4, 6, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So God exists as three distinct but equal persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Of course, much more could be added to this, but I did my best to keep it brief while also pointing out how the scripture teaches the Trinity everywhere. For reflection, when you think of God, do your best to think of the triune God. Change your language to include more Godhead language to remind yourself that he is indeed Trinity. Be sure you are perceiving the Son and the Spirit to be God as well. Perhaps simply thinking about God in this way will help curb some of our individualistic tendencies.